Edwards hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Matto swoops in to intercept. Matto behind the net. Swings it in front. He this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Welcome to episode number eight of the Agents of Field podcast. I am your host, Ryan Lesman. And for the first time in a while, we are joined by an entirely returning panel. Joined, uh, joining me today, we have Brian. Brian, how you doing? Are you sure it's eight? Y- yes, I'm sure it's eight. Okay. Don't ask me about my business. I am great. The Colorado Avalanche are really good at hockey. I am fantastic. Okay. One hill to die on. That's fine. Anthony, how are you doing? Let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. All right. And Eric is back for his second appearance on the show. Eric, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Just happy to be here. Excited to be called back. It's like getting the call from AAA. (laughs) You think this is the majors? That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> uh brian and anthony are, are brian's on his sixth appearance anthony is on his seventh so we will be keeping track of that so we give brian a half from that night he just randomly popped in <laughs> that doesn't like exist quarter yes yeah, we're so. not we're oh, not yeah, gonna right. we're not gonna discuss that um so we're gonna get right into the news tonight so as we have a packed episode we're gonna start with some news from the nba playoffs uh, Grizzlies uh, player John Morant is doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs. He seemed to injure his knee in a collision uh, with one of the players on the Warriors. And I think it was Jordan Poole. And the he has a bone bruise. He's doubtful for the rest of the playoffs. Big blow for the Grizzlies. Eric, we'll start with you. What does that do for the Grizzlies' chances to do anything in the rest of the playoffs? Um you know, we'll be talking about later. I don't want to give up, you know, and say it's, you know, it's going to take a miracle, but it's going to take a miracle. Let's just say that. Um, I would say it's about 0.001% of a chance of them advancing out of this round uh, down 3-1 without their best player. Though they play very well without him. Uh, they've been actually great without him. Uh, it's really too bad that the injury happened to him. Yeah. Brian, what are your thoughts on Jokic? Or not joke, excuse me, John Morant. Uh, they didn't stand much of a chance to get out of the series against Golden State anyway uh, with him. Um, I understand in the regular season they were better without Ja, um, but the way he's been playing, carrying them, they needed him to even have a hope, and they were still going to go down 3-1. Like They'll probably lose game five tonight. If they don't, they're definitely going to lose game six in San Francisco. I think, yeah, that the... Grizzlies are not no even with Ja, I don't think they were much of a match for that Warriors team. I mean, the playoff pedigree there is incredible. And without their leading player, the most improved player in the NBA, um, they don't stand much of a chance. But you know, Jim from this podcast is there tonight working the game. So we hope he has a good outcome and uh, he sees a good game, at least, even if it's not a Grizzlies win. Anthony. You don't have any thoughts on basketball, do you? 
Let's do that hockey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One more basketball topic, and then we will move on out of a sport Anthony knows nothing about. We're going to talk about Nikola Jokic winning the NBA MVP for the regular season in back-to-back seasons. Uh, This guy was drafted 41st overall during a Taco Bell commercial, and now he is NBA MVP in back-to-back seasons. Brian, what do you think about Nikola Jokic? He plays on the Denver Nuggets, where you're from. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a Nuggets fan, um, but like that, that entire clip of him getting drafted during the Taco Bell commercial is like, it gets me every time. It's the funniest freaking thing. Um, but whether you look at it from who's the most valuable player to their individual team, or you look at the advanced metrics, this guy is doing things we've literally never, ever seen before. Uh, well-deserved in my opinion. Um, I, I do think he's a more valuable player and simply a better player than Joel Embiid. I do not think he's a better player than Giannis, but I do think he's more valuable to his team. That's a bold statement. Giannis is, is pretty much the stud of that team, and he willed them to the playoffs la- or to the championship last year. I understand. Eric, you got any thoughts on Jokic? I mean, I know you're a big Giannis guy. What do you think? Huge Giannis guy. Wasn't his year. It's okay. Uh, I think actually Jokic deserved it. Um, I thought he was the best player on a team that shouldn't have been anywhere near the playoffs. Uh, just look at what happened in the playoffs. That was a bunch of scrubs put together with uh, Jokic. Uh, I, I think he's getting to some elite company here. He's got back-to-back MVPs, and you know, not many people can say that in the league. We're really talking about Jokic here is really making a case to sneakily be one of like the best centers to ever play the game. And he's definitely the best passing center of all 13 time. Guys, 13 guys have gone back-to-back. Five centers have gone back-to-back. Shaquille O'Neal is not one of those five. That's right. incredible. He's sneaking into store company really, really quickly uh, before our eyes, and I don't think anybody's realizing it. I mean, he's a really uh, excellent player, one of the best nicknames in the league, coming from a bunch of nerds. The Joker is an awesome nickname to have, and it, it truly is history before our eyes. Do you think he goes three-peat? No. Brian? Voters, voters get bored. Um somebody's somebody's going to step up next year. Like even if he'll look less valuable, even if his team's better next year, assuming Michael Porter Jr. And Jamal Murray both come back healthy and play a full season. Like he'll look a little less valuable, but again, voters get bored. It's the same reason why Michael Jordan didn't win MVP every single year. He was in the league. Eric, you share that same sentiment or do you think he has a shot to go back to back? He's a shot, back, but back to back. like you mentioned, the Porter Murray thing is going to make it, almost impossible i feel like if those guys are actually playing and actually like semi themselves he's gonna have a lot more help and you know the narrative thing too like hey they're not gonna somebody else is gonna have the narrative next year it's not gonna be Jokic. it's not gonna be him the last like it's been the last two years for him so it's gonna be somebody else possibly it's Embiid, the revenge tour we'll call it it could be Giannis, who's clearly the best player on the earth i don't know we'll see Okay, uh, Anthony Crickets. I don't even think you guys are talking about real people. Because <laughs> those those aren't real those aren't real words or names. <laughs> not real names. So we will move on to a topic Anthony is significantly more familiar with, and that is baseball. Is here to drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. 
Uh, should have seen that one coming. <laughs> but the going to talk about the New York Mets. Mets are having a really good season so far, but the Mets are going to Mets. Uh, they assigned uh, or designated Robinson Cano for assignment last week, and then this week they released him. He has two years left on the deal worth $45 million, and they just said, okay, goodbye, man. Uh, Eric, tell us your thoughts on Robinson Cano being released. No, it's not really surprising because it, uh, as the Mets showed, he wasn't one of their best 26 players at the end of the day. That's why they cut him. He really struggled early in the season. Um, so I give the Mets a lot of credit for cutting him. Like That was a really bold move, mostly for an owner that's willing to pay money. Uh, I, I really did feel at one point in Cano's career like he might have been the first guy that actually tested po- positive for steroids and still somehow make the hole, uh, like actually that had the test. But clearly after test number two, no chance for that. But it's kind of a sad end for him for his career because it's such a sweet swing and he actually had so much talent. Anthony, what are your thoughts on Robinson Cano? Is this truly the end of his career? Do you think anybody takes a flyer on him or is he done? Um, I think if anybody's going to take a flyer on him, it's going to be a team that, you know, just might need some, some veteran, um, experience. Um, I'm not too surprised. I honestly, I forgot that Cano was even still playing. <laughs> well, he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, cause I know he had been hurt quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean this early in the season, I wish the Cardinals would have the balls to actually do something like that. We finally just sent our shortstop down to AAA after he's been a complete dumpster fire this year. Okay. Uh, Brian, do you want the Rockies to pick up Robinson Cano? Hell no. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. I don't, I'm not going to pay $45 million. Let him sit on the shelf and let the Mets pay him like he's Bobby Bonilla all over again. I, was, like, I don't I, care. I was like, going to ask that. Is he the next Bobby Bonilla? Do you think no. they're going to make it a long-term payout or it's going to be a lump sum? No, they 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 can't make it a long term payout. Like unless yeah, sorry, unless yeah, he agrees true. unless he agrees to that. Like that's what Bonilla agreed to. But I, uh, I I I don't know. But like Robinson Cano's career was over a couple of years ago. He just found out about it. Like it's it is what it is, man. He gets <laughs> paid forty five million dollars to sit on his butt. Like good for him. Like steroids are wonderful for that guy. Yeah, Robinson Cano is uh, – I, I personally think he's done. I, I mean, when he went to the Mariners, um, I didn't think he had much left in the tank. And then when he got traded to the Mets, I really didn't think he had anything left in the tank. But he stuck around and made way more money than he should have. But All right, moving on to the Los Angeles Angels. Last night in a blowout game that the Angels were winning 12 nothing. Uh, rookie pitcher Reed Detmars threw a no hitter, uh, and I think I, the stat I heard was twenty five of the outs he had, uh, or something like that, were in the field. He had two strikeouts the entire game, which is tied for the least amount in a no hitter ever. Uh, Anthony, rookie pitcher getting a no hitter. What do you think about that? I mean, that's exciting. You know, to see all the Angels you know, during his post-game interview and just to be in complete awe and complete support of him was really cool to see. Um, ironically enough, that game was actually the free game on MLB TV. I didn't watch it because I ended up watching the Blues game, but it would have been nice to go ahead and check that out. So hopefully something like that, you know, some some fans hopefully watched it on MLB TV and think, oh, this, this sport's actually pretty cool. Even though when you see a no-hitter, you just watch two guys play catch for three hours. 
<laughs> I can't remember who it is, but some dude came up in the bottom of the eighth, and it was already ten nothing, and he hit from the left side of the plate, and he's a right-handed hitter, and hit one out. They hit a home run, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. it uh, keep my login to MLB.tv if you're relying on the uh, free game. I'll I'll shoot you some info. Yeah, I remember seeing that stat about the uh, <laughs> the guy who hit the the abo shot. Um, yeah, Rendon. Yeah, that's who it was for, for his fourth home run. That's God, awesome. the bottom of the eighth, they're already losing. And then Mike Trout hits a homer. And then Rendon hits a two-run shot. Just rub salt in the wound. Brian, what are your, your thoughts on this? Is it is it common? I you I think you all know I'm not the biggest baseball fan ever. Is it it's pretty uncommon for a rookie pitcher to throw a no-hitter, huh? Yeah, rookies, it's it's pretty. I mean, but the whole he had he had one walk, which is what kept him from a perfect game. Um, he only had two strikeouts, like you said. Like, there's a lot of luck that goes into like 25 batted balls, and none of them find anything. So there's yeah. a lot of luck to that. But I mean, there's only been a couple hundred no hitters in general. Like, it's still cool. Um, it's the general principle: I will never leave a game that has a no hitter going on. Um, closest I ever came was Shelby Miller in St. Louis. I was at, and the Rockies got a hit in the first inning, and that was the only hit of the entire game. My wife was thrilled that it was no longer a no hitter, but <laughs> uh, yeah, then shut down 27 straight. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of luck in getting 25 balls in the field out, but it's still cool. Like, uh, the, the no hitter feels like it's gone, especially when guys like, Dave Roberts are pulling Clayton Kershaw when he's perfect after six or seven or whatever it was. It's just the entire concept of pitching is not what it used to be. So a complete game now. Bob Gibson used to pitch two complete games and a doubleheader in the same day. And now you've got guys that go out and their job is literally to to pitch to one guy, but now they're forced to pitch to three. Like it just absolutely blows my mind how how pitching has changed. But at the same time, I mean, if you give up a home run, then that's your fault. That's somebody else's fault but yours. And rookie pitchers, too. I think, uh, you know, there's there's two different aspects of it. You know, you got a rookie pitcher that can be going against a team, you know, has the jitters and gets beat up, or you have a, a guy that just happens to be locked in and there's not necessarily a lot of tape on them. You know, players watch tape during the games of opposing pitchers to see, you know, w- what to expect standing up there because I don't care who you are, steroids or not, to try to hit a baseball going 95 miles an hour and drop 12 inches, that's that ain't easy. Um, but, you know, some pitchers can just finesse their way through a game and, you know, put the ball in play and let their defense take care of them. Uh, real quick? No. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Nope. It's not very quick. Messed up. No, I did. Nope. 4-3 Rangers. Let's go! Sorry, whoever, I just blew their eardrums out. If you're listening to this in podcast form, I don't care. Rangers and seven. Let's go, baby. This is Aren't they only really going to be able to listen to this in podcast form? I care. They're listening to it in Braille form? Uh, going back to what we're talking about, Eric, uh, did you see that former Mets pitcher Noah Syndergaard threw shade at them on Instagram saying that's what a real no-hitter looks like, not five guys combined? Mm. Did you see that? And what are your thoughts? Oh, that's awesome. Yes, I I did see it, and I absolutely love it. And I think we need more of that in the game of baseball. We need more personalities. We need more dudes throwing shade at other dudes. Just give the game way more intrigue and show personality. You know, all these guys have a little bit of it inside. Uh, so let's see it from the game. 
Um, but I did see it. I think it was awesome, and he's 100% right. That's a real no-hitter right there. But I feel like the no-hitters lost a little bit of its lust over the years. We've already seen two this year. I know at some point last year, we were almost like, I think we're going to have the most no-hitters in a season, and then it never happened, but we were getting close. We were on watch at least for it. Uh, for whatever reason, whatever it's the strikeouts, the averages are just plummeting. Uh, people going for the home runs, launch angle, whatever it is. Uh, no hitters just seem like it's a thing that happens every couple of months, and it's not as exciting as it used to be. That's what do you guys opinion. think about Mike and players up during the game? I love it. I think I it's the it. greatest thing ever. I yeah. I need it. I need more of it. I need you know, oh and not just spring training where. Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman's mic'd up at first base talking to whoever makes it on first. I need everybody mic'd up. Well, it was the one in the spring training where Freddie Freeman was like on first as a as a runner. And watch, it was windy. Boys. Like, yeah, he's like, it's windy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that one's great. But who was the shortstop a couple weeks ago that turned a double play that was hit that the ball was hit like 108 miles an hour off the bat and he turned it like it was nothing. Like I can't remember who it was, but I need the players mic'd up. I need something to be more interesting. I don't want to listen to managers anymore. I'm so done with managers talk. I'm I'm done with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was at a it was Cardinals Mets, and I remember seeing the third base coach of the Mets was talking to Arenado, like in between I think, pitches. I think it was Lindor. I think that was the shortstop. I think it might have been the same night. Oh, okay. Um and they, you know, he, Arnado and the third base coach were talking quite a bit back and forth, like during the game, in between pitches. And I just want to be like, what are you guys talking about? And then what was interesting was the following game when there was the bench clearing brawl. Um, and then Pete Alonso got thrown down by a five foot two first base coach. Um, I noticed Arenado and the third base coach from the Mets, they were together talking, kind of keeping each other back from it. So obviously whether they have a relationship of, you know, just could have been a prior coach or something like that, but I want to know what they're talking about out there in the middle of pitches when you're talking to the opposing, you know, third base coach. Yeah. That's the thing about that. That I love in hockey is that you have mics everywhere. They're all over the glass. You hear everything between whistles. And then they've been miking up the players a lot more recently. So, like, you know, you hear everything from, you know, one player. You hear the conversations on the bench. And then they've been doing the the headsets for the coaches on the bench. Even, like, in the middle of plays, they'll just get the coach to put on the headset and just, like, talk for a minute on the new TNT and ESPN broadcast. So that if you could bring that to baseball, that would definitely make it more interesting. And if I could hear, you know – players chirping each other uh, might make me tune into a couple more games. And that's another thing about baseball that I've always loved. Even in the heat of a game, you know, you've got two, two guys on first, but you know, the first baseman, then you got a guy on first and whether they're both all-stars or a veteran and a rookie or two rookies, like they're just, they're talking like they're casually talking and they're going against each other, which is like, you know, and boring. It, <laughs> <laughs> As it's our favorite sport. Yeah, I love baseball. It's my favorite sport, but it's boring because they can do stuff like that. Yeah, and I just I want to know what they're talking about. I know Apple has Friday night games now. Apple, I know you're listening. Get some mics on those players. Get some mics on the umps. Don't even tell the players they're being mic'd up. I think <laughs> legally you might have to, but <laughs> I think that as long as it's mics that the players are wearing and not nipple buzzers like Altuve. Dang it, you took my nipple buzzer joke. <laughs> then, uh, then we're good to go there. Well, and baseball is kind of made for it because there's no like strategy involved. Like I, I really feel like in five years from now, we could reach a point where you can watch, like we could like just watch a broadcast, which is literally the on-field. You're signing up for whatever words come across or whatever. 
one, you got to make sure the players are not saying anything really super vulgar and offensive. Uh, but two, like there's too much strategy in sports where I don't think they'd allow it, but I would love to see like NFL films uncut. Like I want to see that, but it just, I just don't want to listen to Russell Wilson talk about how he can do it again just because he believes I want to see something good. <laughs> I can't believe that guy's my quarterback. I'm just, just, just kind of bummed about it. I'm sorry. He's going to be wearing a Walmart jersey pretty soon. <laughs> yep. So we're going to move right along to some news from the hockey world. First, also in that Rangers-Penguins game five. Uh, Sidney Crosby left the game in the second period and has not returned. So looking better for the Rangers. 3-3. Um, three, three. Between the Panthers, I just wanted to give you a heart attack. Between, the- <laughs> I'm like, how do they lose goals? <laughs> uh, yeah, that game was Panthers were down three nothing. They've come back to make it three three. That's a that's a tough series as well. Um, but we're gonna talk about you know we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Ryan gets left left the Anaheim Ducks. He's retiring. A couple more legends from uh, California based teams have decided to hang up the skates at the end of the season. Uh, Dustin Brown currently in the playoffs with the LA Kings. I'm pretty sure it was right after our NHL playoff preview episode. Anthony said to me, is Dustin Brown still playing in the league? And I'm pretty sure literally that night he announced he was going to be retiring (laughs) after the season. Uh, Guy won two Stanley Cups (laughs) with the LA Kings. (laughs) And then another legend been in the league since night drafted in 1997 by the San Jose Sharks, just shy of 1200 points in just shy of 1,800 games. Patrick Marlowe has decided to retire. He did not play this year. Played most of his career with the Sharks, then played a couple seasons with Toronto, bought out by Carolina, and returned to the Sharks. Uh, Anthony, we'll start with you. Patrick Marlowe, Dustin Brown retiring. Thoughts? I know you already said dipshit to Dustin Brown, but... um, Yeah, Marlowe, uh, he went back to the Sharks, right? Yeah, for two years. Isn't that where he started? Yep, he was drafted there in 97. <laughs> Tell me you didn't listen to the last minute of the show. You didn't yeah, listen I, last I wasn't minute. listening to the last minute. He's um, probably working on whatever vulgar advertisement's coming tonight. No. I, ooh, it can be? Dope. Um, no, I mean, it's cool for somebody like that to play as long as he did. Uh, I remember the year he started off. Where he was on pace for what he was on pace for like what two hundred and forty something goals, yeah. Because he like he started like the first five games with two goals in each game or something like that. Um, so good for him to be able to you know retire where where he started with the organization that drafted him. Uh, yeah, the the other dipshit uh, Brown, he can just as you would say, he can kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I have a lot to say. About hey, like, don't be named Dustin, you know. <laughs> sorry to any one of our listeners who may be named <laughs> Dustin. Not really that sorry. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? You know, you watch Colorado Avalanche hockey. They're playing in the West. They've had some playoff series. I I have no thoughts. Like, I'm not a huge Sharks guy. Uh, but Marlo's, Marlo's fun. Um, good for him. Like I said, he didn't play this year, so I I was surprised when that announcement even came out. Uh, good riddance to Dustin Brown. 
Eric, do you have any thoughts on these players? Yeah, I thought Marlo was done like two to three years ago. Not going to lie. I didn't even know he was still <laughs> floating around um, to begin with. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens to these guys. Do they fade into the sunset or do they have like a second career where, you know, they're announcing games or doing something fun or, you know, they're a spokesperson for some random sports drink? Who the hell knows? But uh, it'll be interesting to see. Apparently, we can now sign ex-players to 10-year, $375 million deals. Hey, we'll get to that. Don't spoil our news segment. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dustin Brown has been uh, you know, a good player for Team USA, but I hated him on the LA Kings in 12 and 14. Um, you know, He beat my New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup final, but he was the captain. He got stripped of the captaincy, which is hilarious. They gave it to Anze Kopitar. And he also provided us with one of the funniest gifts in history. Mm -hmm. The one where he just goes to squirt the bottle the wrong way, just completely misses his mouth, shoots the Gatorade onto the ice. So congrats to them on great careers. Shut up. Uh, they, uh, congrats. Hey, listen, I can't wait for Ryan O'Reilly to retire. And then I'm going to be like, yeah, that guy was a fucking schmuck. So get out of here. Okay. Good luck. Ryan Ryan like gives the permission for the explicit E to go on the episode, and now it's all over. <laughs> um all right. We're gonna move on to you know, some people retire, some people's careers are just about to start. NHL draft lottery was last night. That was uh, nice. What? It was a good segue. Yeah, thank you. Well, it would have been better if you didn't fucking interrupt me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh, Montreal Canadiens had the best chance to win the draft lottery with an 18.5% chance following one of the worst seasons in franchise history. They retained the first overall pick. The second pick was expected to go to the Arizona Coyotes. In classic Arizona Coyotes fashion, they screwed it up somehow. The New Jersey Devils moved up from uh, number five to the number two spot. Number one overall pick is expected to be Shane Wright. Uh, he was one of eight players to be granted exceptional status into the CHL, meaning that he could play at age 15 instead of 16. Uh, some of the guys who have done that before were Crosby, McDavid, uh, I think McKinnon as well. So, you know, expected to be a really good player, probably franchise changing for the Canadians. But I'm just sick of the Devils winning draft lotteries. They've been in the top three for the last couple of years. Anthony. <laughs> They don't get any better. Anthony, you're a yes. Marty Bordeaux guy, New Jersey Devils getting to the lottery. You know, what are your thoughts on, you know, I stopped being a Devils fan as soon as they picked Corey Schneider over Brodeur. And then Schneider ended up just shitting the bed. And then a year and a half, they just let him go. So, and as soon as they got uh, PK Subban, I was out. You've been loving the ESPN coverage then, huh? I haven't yeah, watched him live. He, uh, he's got, an analyst he for the playoffs. And all the, and all the intermissions. Wow. Great. Oh, he wasn't uh, <laughs> the new jackass. Ryan, did you see it? Uh, no, I did not. Ryan, I knew you've seen it. I haven't actually watched it. You haven't? Does he expose himself? Because I hear everybody else on that movie does. No, they do a cup test. And uh, <laughs> one of the, the tests is they have P.K. Subban take a slap shot at the dude's crotch. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, I watched it the day after my vasectomy, which was not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Jesus Christ. I think uh, Eric wants to go back to the basketball episode where neither of us are on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't uh, like it here. <laughs> uh, Eric, do you have any thoughts on the draft lottery? I know Brian doesn't, but. Yeah, absolutely. I got one. Uh, what a fall for the Canadians. They were in the uh, NHL finals last year, and now they're number one in the lottery and have the worst seasons of uh, in, in their history. Just what a fall. How many teams can yeah. say that? Great take. Great take. There's only one team in recent history, I think, that has truly done that, and that's the Ottawa Senators. They went to the conference final in 17, and then the next season they literally were trading everybody away because they were a freaking dumpster fire. Brian, you look like you have something you want to say. I, I mean, good for them. If this dude is really as good as he's supposed to be, like that is well worth being really crappy for one year. Uh, but I have a segment question that I would love to get off the ground without anything. The most forgettable NHL team, because I think, well, they're really good this year. So, but I would say the Florida Panthers are not forgettable because they're so forgettable. I think the Ottawa Senators are the team. Like, if you asked me to list every single NHL team, the Ottawa Senators would be the last team I would remember. Columbus Blue Jackets. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, I mean. But when uh, they beat Tampa a few years ago in that 8-1 matchup, that was fantastic. Honestly, the the team from Missouri is pretty forgettable. What what are they? The, the St. Louis something? It was a genuine question, Ryan. They won a cup <laughs> far more recent than your team did. Listen, no personal attacks after I just personally attacked Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I would agree. It's either Ottawa, Columbus, or Eric. Do you have another? Uh, yeah, I thought the Panthers were up there, but I would say I always forget about the Jets. The Winnipeg Jets are mine. Uh, that one's pretty good. Yeah. Those yeah, are the because too. they were gone for so long. I, don't know. I, I think the Coyotes are, are in that whole they not forgettable because they're so forgettable. Like you won't forget them for that reason. Columbus is a great one. Sorry, Maya. You're not listening, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's going to be really heartbroken. You didn't give her hockey team respect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like you didn't say that Optimus Prime was the best transformer. So, all right. Uh, moving on to the New York Islanders. They fired Barry Trotz after four seasons with the team. He improved their chances of winning anything drastically just by going there, leaving the Washington Capitals after a Stanley Cup. He brought them to the conference finals for two straight years. They had a bad year where they were spent 13 straight games on the road to start the season. They didn't make the playoffs and, uh, they're moving on, which is extremely shocking considering how successful of a record he has as a coach. Eric, starting with you, what are your thoughts on Barry Trotz being fired? It's 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 a little surprising to me just because, like you said, they've been such a good team in the last uh, couple of years with him and really a team that I, I, I when I watch them, I go, how is this team so good? Um, but really disappointing season, really fell back to earth. Um, so it was shocking to see. You know, I don't know what, what step they're going to go. Are they going to try to get a young person? I have no idea what they're going to try to do, but it'll be interesting to see. That's all I got to say. And, you know, it was a tough campaign for him, so I get it. Yeah, Barry Trotz will have a lot of interest. I wouldn't be surprised if he's hired before the end of the month. Um, he's a phenomenal coach. Brian, you have any thoughts on Barry Trotz? I do not, but he's got the best synonym for diarrhea as a last name in sports. Got the trots. Play the crickets, please. <laughs> They're not available. <laughs> uh, Anthony, 
Anthony, do you have any thoughts on Barry Trotz? Do you even know who, who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's always a head coach's job to just get fired, to just coach a team until you get fired or retire. I mean, I feel like those are the only two options as a head coach. So I feel like he's been fired numerous times. Yeah, do you think he still wants to coach? He's he's pretty old. I mean, I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he still wants to coach. There's rumors that he wants to join the management uh, department of some team, whether that's in uh, director of ho- uh, president of hockey operations or general manager or something along those lines. Uh, I think he still has a lot in the tank as a coach. He was with Nashville until he joined the Capitals in, what, 2015 or 16? He mm-hmm. was the only coach in Nashville Predators history. So they were founded in what the mid nineties. Like that's pretty impressive. So the Nashville Predators. Yeah, yeah. He was, he started with the Predators. He was the only coach in their team history until he joined the Capitals in the did mid. Did you say the Predators were founded in the mid nineties? Yeah. Is that true? Yes, it's no. true. It's like 95, 96, 97, something like that. Predators have been around that long. Yes. It could be breaking news to me. Holy <laughs> crap. Call yourself a sports fan. No, we're just showing our age over here. Yeah. <laughs> 1998. Wow, look at that. Holy crap. Wow. Learn something new every day. You sure do. I'm uh I'm a little bit offended that you questioned my hockey knowledge. I mean, you I still didn't get the year right because you fucking said three years prior and none of them were right. I said 96, 97, 95, 96, 97, 98, somewhere around there. You didn't All say right. 98, so we chill. Sure. Still, I, I, this is news to me. I, I really thought the Predators were a much older franchise than, or were a younger franchise than that. I apologize. That's okay. Um, but yeah, Barry Trotz, I think, will land somewhere soon. I think it's just shocking that the Islanders uh, went this way. And like Anthony said, a coach is either there to be fired or retire. I think we have far more coaches that get fired than retire with the team. Um, Coaches have a shelf life. The message gets stale in the locker room, especially more recently. Like you could have in the earlier days, you know, a coach could last 20 something years. I mean, it's very rare that that happens now. If a coach lasts more than six or seven years, it's impressive. So coaches have shelf lives. Um, Speaking of sitting on a shelf, the NHL awards had their nominees this week, starting uh, with the Norris trophy uh, Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche, Roman Yossi of the National Predators, and Victor Hedman are up for the Defenseman of the Year award. Adam Fox won it last year. I would not be surprised if when the voting um, you know, numbers come out, he ended up being number four on this list, which is a shame, but uh, I would probably end up giving this to McCarr or Yossi. And, uh, Brian, we'll start with you. If you, you're going to go with the homer pick, at least explain yourself. Yeah. Okay, I'll explain myself. In their opening series against the Nashville Predators, Kale McCarr had one more point than Nashville had goals. Uh, the see the awards are regular season only. There's no playoffs involved. Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the league in the uh, Western Conference. I'm not going to have the Adam Fox. Debate. No, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to argue with Adam Fox. Like Adam Fox was the best defenseman last year. Kale McCarr has been far and away the best defenseman this year. Roman Yossi may have had more points, but Kale McCarr had 20-something goals as a defenseman this year. Is that right? Yeah. I think he had 23 goals. Dude, the dude's silly. I I am going to take the homer pick in this one. He's just too dang good. Anthony, if you had to make a pick between McCarr, Yossi, Hedman, who are you going? Mm, McCarr. 
And Eric, I think, I think he's been too too dominant all year long. Mm-hmm. I agree, Eric. Eric, you still with us? Eric's bored. Eric looks like he's having some technical difficulties. We will get him back as soon as possible. He just took a screenshot and said it. He just doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Can we act like we're frozen like those guys in the uh, the one video where like the fan was still spinning in the background on the Zoom call? <laughs> I can see you're watching a movie in the background. You're not frozen. <laughs> what is that from? I, I've seen that. Is that a, it's a, is it a commercial? It's a no, it's just a, oh, it's a TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eric will be back in a moment. Uh, we'll move on to the Vesna Trophy for the best goaltender of the year. Uh, the candidates are Igor Shesterkin from the Rangers, UC Soros from the Nashville Predators, and Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. All three of these guys had outstanding seasons. Soros, Yossi, and Duchesne pretty much tripped, like were the only three players that got Nashville into the playoffs, and it didn't matter because they got swept by the Colorado Avalanche. Partially because Soros wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, they were playing with with David Riddick, who I think played 10 games all year and had like a abysmal three-point-something goals against average. And well, Connor Ingram. He only played one game, too, yeah. Like yeah. He got pulled in the second period of game one. And then Connor Ingram, who I think has 10 NHL games to his name. Uh, Eric is back. Welcome back, Eric. Uh, technical <laughs> difficulties. Um, I, I don't know what happened there. The, so, uh, Wi-Fi just decided to stop working. That go back to you quickly. No explanation. Who's winning the defenseman of the year? Makar, Yossi, Hedman. Uh, Makar, but a uh, hell of a season for Yossi. 73 assists year, third in the NHL. Pretty. All right. Uh, Brian, if you had to take a pick on Vezina Trophy between Shesterk and Saros, Markstrom, who you got winning it? Um, uh, Markstrom, probably, um, Shesterkin, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Um, I, he, he, the Rangers were a completely different team when he didn't play. So I would say if we're going to go most valuable to their team, I would go with Shesterkin, but I feel like Markstrom's probably going to win it. And it's kind of hard to argue with because Calgary is fairly average in a lot of places on the ice, accepting goal. Yeah. I mean, Markstrom led the league in shutouts. I mean, him and uh, Dan Vladar as a tandem led the league in shutouts for all teams. Uh, but, yeah, he had a great season. Calgary had a great season. Shesterkin, the only reason that you you know, can give – not the only reason, but one of the big reasons that people are giving him the edge. A, he was most valuable to his team. But, B, I think his stats were at the end of the season, and I, I don't think I know – were tied for the third best stats and goals against average and save percentage of all time. So that's just like a really impressive season. Anthony, if you had to pick between Shesterk and Saros Markstrom for the uh, best goalie of the year, who are you taking? Uh, the guy with the Rangers, I'm going to butcher his name, Shesterkin. Yeah, close enough. I'll take it. To And honestly, to have somebody like Henrik Lundqvist, who was just a, a staple in that organization, and then to be able to get a goaltender to – to live up to the expectations that he was. I mean, that's, that's huge. I'm really not trying to poke fun, Ryan, but like, it's a good thing. It's a regular season award because Shesterkin has not looked comfortable at all against Pittsburgh. No, he has not. I mean, it's partially due to our defense being absolutely abysmal, including Adam Fox, but he just, he, he's looked like he has never played a playoff game before, which he hasn't. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> checks out game on. Yeah. Him. 
Exactly. So, Eric, who are you taking? Shesterkin, Saros, Markstrom? I'm a stats guy, big in the analytics. So, I, I got Igor, you know, goals against, top in the league. Uh, it's a regular season award. Let's make that very, very clear. Regular season award, as we kind of talked about. So Yeah. So, Ryan, if the Rangers come back and win this series, you must vow to me right now that your firstborn child's name is Igor. Absolutely not. <laughs> What about if Igor brings home the Stanley Cup eventually within the next three years? You could have said almost anybody else's name on this Rangers team, and I might have agreed to it, just not Igor. Igor or or Temi. Anyone else I'm probably on board with. Igor. Um, And the last award that has been announced so far is the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. We have Trevor Zegers from Anaheim. Uh, Maurice Sider from Detroit and Michael Bunting from Toronto. Michael Bunting should not even be in this conversation. He's a 26 year old rookie who finally got a shot last year and then went to Toronto and is playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. The other guys are in their early twenties, maybe even their teens. Yeah, but he's still a rookie. It's his first year in the league. Like, yeah, but that's been the debate all along with, with these, uh, with the rookie of the year. I mean, Panarin came in and won the award at 24, uh, Kaprizov last year at 25, whatever, 24, whatever, however old he is, maybe even 27. I can't even remember how old Kaprizov is at this point. Sure. One, you can remember when that Predators came around, but you can't remember Kaprizov's age. <laughs> Except okay. you know. Um, the, the award is meant to be for players who are young, upcoming, not come into the league and are instantly studs or players who come into the league and are just blessed with playing with two of the greatest players in the league right now. Like it, that's, that's one where it's all stats for bunting bunting in a uh, vacuum is, I mean, probably also besides being very difficult to fit a man in a vacuum, just, uh, is it on, <laughs> is, it, is it like a big vacuum? Is it a Dyson? <laughs> no, like it's, a, it's a shark indoor it's sky different. thing. Yeah. Shark. Um, vacuum technologies. Uh, I, my, my vote on this is either Zegers or cider. I'm leaning more towards Cider just because of how good he made that that Detroit team. They weren't very good, and he's the only reason they finished not last in the league, in my opinion. Him and Lucas Raymond. Cider was just he's he looks like he's been in the league for five or six years. So that's where I'm going. Uh let's see, Eric, do you have any thoughts on the Calder? Yeah, I do. I, oh, I got wow. Cider. He had uh, four game winners in the season. I thought that was pretty impressive. And he and he dropped 50 points as a defenseman. You know, uh, that's fourth in the league for all rookies, which is super impressive. I just think he had this great season. And he was really solid back there for him. I saw Eric's face light up as soon as I said Cider for my pick. He's like, finally, a take I actually am going to be on the right side of. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Anthony and Brian, any thoughts on the, on the uh, rookie of the year? I get frustrated by the entire debate of is he too old because baseball's been baseball's got the silliest rules when it comes to rookies because the guy can come up in like August and not qualify and then be considered a rookie the next year. So well, that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened with Bunting. He played last year with with the Coyotes for three quarters of the year, wasn't considered a rookie, and then this year he comes up and he's a rookie. Yeah, and he- I mean, it does. It just it is what it is. Like I think I genuinely think Bunting's probably going to win it because he was on the best team, and I think that's how a lot of people judge these things. Um, but hopefully they looked a little more advanced stats um, because that dude in Detroit probably, probably deserves it. Yeah. Anthony, are you in the same line of thinking or 
Yep, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, we're going to move away from the hockey talk for a little bit. We're going to do talk about something Brian teased a little bit earlier. Tom Brady has an agreement when he retires, he will be joining Fox Sports as their lead analyst. Whenever his career is over, he has that commitment. The deal is worth $375 million over the life of the deal, which I believe is a 10-year deal from whenever he retires. And uh, he has a career earnings of $335 million. So this dude's just rolling in the, in the dough. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm just waiting for three years from now when we get the headline of Fox restructured contract to get more talent for Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah because they signed a prenup because of the amount of money that she makes <laughs> that's exactly right brian i know you hate tom brady go ahead and uh say your thoughts on this do you have any more if tom brady's twitter personality comes out on tv it's going to be a lot of fun but if he's just typical tom brady press conference guy and he doesn't really actually say anything interesting and he's only there to be a pretty face and not necessarily one up Tony Romo because I actually don't think Tony Romo's as good as other people do. Um, I think Tom Brady's going to be really friggin' smart. I just hope he's willing to actually go out on a limb and share how smart he is on the broadcast because he'll be way more in- interesting than Romo and especially more interesting than Aikman. I just want Twitter personality Tom Brady to come out and not be super dry and Patriots Tom Brady. So are you saying that Tony Romo in the Corona commercials is not interesting? I didn't. I genuinely have never. I never knew he was in a Corona commercial. I have no idea what you're talking about. Am I the am virus I or the beer? <laughs> uh the beer. Maybe the hard seltzer. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, thoughts on Tom Brady joining Fox Sports? I just don't understand why you need to pay somebody that much money to talk. It, well, no, they don't even pay him that. Like at this point, why play football? Like. You're 45, dude. Your your body probably hurts. Like, if you're if you've got want to be at home with kids, but they probably they've probably never watched Bluey. That's why. <laughs> Bluey, let's go. <laughs> um, three quarters of this podcast, big Bluey fans. Um, but yeah, I, I think that <laughs> the dudes gonna... two of us have kids, so <laughs> listeners take that for what you will. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, Tom Brady's gonna get hit really hard in the first game of the season. And he's just going to be like, yeah, you know what? I should have stayed retired and then go take his 375 mil and go. Well, and then that dude that bought the last touchdown ball is just going to jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that, that dude get voided. So the guy didn't have to pay the money, but like Brady knows what he's getting himself into. Like I genuinely believe that he was actually headed to Miami for a while. I believe those reports, but I do too. It just, it is what it is, man. Like, He's gonna go out just because he want people wanted him to retire. That's why he came back. Like, it's just, oh, people want me to do this. Then I'm because just because everyone celebrated. <laughs> there were parades in the streets. I feel like we're gonna be talking about this dude when he's been retired for like 20 years. We're gonna be like, yeah, this dude just like decided to make a comeback at like age 62 and rival so and so from whatever team to be the quarterback. And he's the new Brett Favre. As long yeah. as all of his pictures stay on his phone. He's going to play against his own kid in a Super Bowl. <laughs> He's going to be the face of the new Spring League in 2040s. <laughs> Sometime yeah, in that decade. I, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I just hope he's interesting. Eric, what are your thoughts on this, if you have any? 
I don't get it from Fox. They let Buck and Aikman go. They say, we refuse to pay anybody big money, and then they decide, oh, we're going to pay Tom Brady. I don't know. Maybe this the stockholders got to him. I, I don't know. That, I, don't, I don't get it. You, you're not going to pay these two who have done it for years and years and are good enough. You know, they do the trick. Not everyone loves them, but not everyone's going to love any announcing team you have. Just for a guy who we're not even sure whether or not he can do it, and you give him the 10-year deal. As we learned with Robinson, he took a note. You don't give guys your deals. You just don't do that. You pay for the name, man. Like, And they paid for the biggest name the sport's ever had. I get it. Yeah. So we're going to move on to our last news segment, which will tie into our final segment of the evening. Uh, the Kentucky Derby was last weekend, and the horse Rich Strike was 80 to 1 odds to win the race. Uh, coming around the final turn, this horse was in the middle towards the back of the pack. He was in 12th place. 12th place. And in that final stretch, the last possible second, he jumps in front, ends up winning 80 to 1. What, Brian? What? Nothing. Pittsburgh almost tied it. Oh, my God. But they didn't. I wonder, I wonder if you're watching – because I'm watching too. <laughs> I was like, I'm oh, not, I'm not, I'm watching game. the score on my phone. I'm not watching the actual game. Um, I mean, I'm not either. Go ahead but, and set that. What? Rich strike, 80 to 1. 80 to 1. Like the same odds that the U.S. men's national team has to win the World Cup in November. Yeah. Rich strike wins. Uh, if you bet on that horse, <laughs> you're getting a nice little payday there. I know somebody who actually did, believe it or not. And, it's incredible. I mean, this is the underdog story of a century. Maybe not a century, but a big underdog story. Brian, you're the one who brought this to my attention. Feel free to go first. Uh, uh, I mean, it was it was the overhead angle of the whole thing was was really cool. Watching there was no lane there until there was a lane there, and the horse capitalized. And then he tried to eat all the other horses. It was awesome. <laughs> Score update. Rangers just scored an empty net goal. The it Warrior. Just, it just went in on my end. Ryan Lingren. He missed the last three games with an injury. Wait, he comes you back didn't, scores you an didn't empty let net me goal. do it. There we go. I was waiting for you to do it because I just saw it. So I guess I'm... he scored an empty net goal. Like, I mean, you're giving him credit. Like, he literally he, just dumped the but puck. He got at all. He played the first period of game one and got hurt and literally has been playing on like half a leg this game. So that's why I'm giving him a lot of credit. Tarasenko got a hat trick with an empty netter. I still count it. <laughs> yeah, they count. Man, poor yeah. Rich Strike. We can't even talk horse racing for three <laughs> seconds. Just who gives a shit about horse racing? I do. This is the so, really? horse racing has. No, no I, I do fuck? not. Uh, Eric, Anthony, you don't care about horse racing. We've made that very clear. Eric, it's the beauty of any? the derby. That's all I got to say. It's the beauty of the derby. Any horse can win. Fantastic. Eric, well, are you the one won the 80 to 1 bet? No. Oh, Eric cool. has stupid luck, but not that stupid luck. I'm right. in a state that's not legal to gamble. So. Yeah, me too. Sports gamble, obviously. We need, so, we need it to be nationwide. When it was legal in Florida for six weeks, it was so much fun. <laughs> How much money did you lose, though? A lot. <laughs> a lot How much money did you lose? A lot. I actually didn't lose a lot of money in case my wife ever hears this. It was not a lot of money. It was just all the money I put into it. it <laughs> honey, if you're listening, 
his wife standing seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it back. Craps table. We're gonna go on to our Infinity Gauntlet trivia section right now. That is not the right sound. Panthers just took a lead, four three. Oh, so that is the right sound. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Okay. In the four major sports leagues. Here we go. <laughs> there are eight teams that have two words in their team nickname. Oh my name, gosh. Name the four teams. Maple name the eight teams, excuse me. Maple Leafs. The double okay. socks, white socks, red socks. Okay, okay. that's... Three. Uh Blue Jays. That's four. Blue Jackets. Jackets. We almost forgot them. <laughs> Five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're missing one, two, three. Okay. Uh does so Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, that does not count. They're just no, the it's just the nickname has two names. Okay. So there's three left? Yep. If you would like a hint, I can give you a hint. Can we get a sport? Are we allowed to sport? That's what the, the hint was going to be. There's two in hockey, one in basketball. One in basketball? Basketball. Um, really? In basketball? Yes. One. So two left in hockey? Yes. Okay. Um, Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings. That is... That is one of them, yes. So there's one in hockey, one in basketball. This is riveting radio. Is Blackhawks one word? Blackhawks yeah, is one, one word. word. You have ten seconds. Those ten. Douchebags. Those douchebags in Vegas, the Golden Knights. Yep. Yep. Wow, I'm completely blanking on the Seven, basketball. Seven. Six. No, no, no. You got to give us time. Five. One was in basketball. Four. Three. No, no, no. You need, a, two, you need more time. One. You need more time. Trailblazers. 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 There we go. We... This guy's looking it up. Look at you. <laughs> He's like, we need he was... more time. We need more time. Google won't load that quick. He was looking up his bank account to make sure that he didn't lose that $17,000 again. I had to make sure it didn't come out of the shared bank account. Nah. He's a fan <laughs> of the, uh, the crankies, the whatever they're called, the, the team that I owns. Anything up, dude. What are you talking about? So, yeah, so whatever. Um, yeah, good job, I guess. I, I'm still not convinced that Eric good and Brian job, didn't I cheat. Guess. I was waiting for you to be like, out of the four major sports, name all the players who have ever played. <laughs> That's your bullshit <laughs> trivia question. That's, I literally have never given one that had more than 10 answers. There Ten answers is a lot of fucking answers, clown. They're sports teams. There's only 124 of them. Anyway. That's oh next God. week's trivia question. Name all 124 sports teams. <laughs> so a lot of the questions I get come from Sporkle.com, which is like the trivia website that Eric and I are very familiar with very. from college. That's a made-up uh, word. No. Well, all words are made up. Um, is that the website for the guy that plays for the Bucks? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's oh. one one uh, trivia question that's literally you have like 12 minutes to name all 124 teams that play in the four major sports. And uh, I want to do that. We should totally do that one night because I would forget. You, so, Brian, you asked the question. Do you think you can name a thousand professional athletes? I think I could. A thousand, 
a thousand's a lot. It take me a while, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, what was it? You have twenty four hours. You have twenty four hours to name a thousand athletes. I think I, I genuinely believe I could do it, and they I can, can be current or past players. They right. can't be dead though. That that so, that's not the rule though. That's not a, <laughs> what? They can't be born yet. That's a rule. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Just starting. No, no. They can't not be dead. I mean, I was I was just adding a twist to it for the- Babe Ruth counts. We're going to skip the NBA and NHL playoff catch-up. There's not really much to actually catch up on. The only team that's been eliminated in the uh, in the NHL is the National Predators. We talked about that. The Kale McCarr is ridiculous. Uh, Abs so look good. Rangers look terrible. Yep. Can, can, Rangers won, them. though, so we're going on they a game did. six. Let's go. Um, Suns and Mavs series should not be as close as it is. And, uh, yeah, we're going to move on to the main portion of our – uh, show tonight. We're going to talk about underdogs in honor of Rich Strike being an underdog and winning 80 to 1. We're going to talk about some of the greatest underdogs in sports, in our opinion. We're going to do it similar to what we did with the draft last week. N- not so meticulous in terms of snake draft order and whatever. We each came up with a list of three and we're going to run through them. Uh, we will start. Eric, you are the newest of the returners. So we're going to start with you. Give us your first uh, favorite underdog of all time. Dang. I knew you were going to pick me too. I knew I was going first because I was the guest. I didn't want the first pick at all. Not whatsoever. I feel like I got a bunch of good options here. Um, Jeez. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Homer pick. I'll take the 2007 Giants being the undefeated Patriots. Uh, that's just a team that's completely undefeated in the NFL. We've only seen it once in their 50 plus years of history. Incredible run. That team had no right to beat the Patriots or be in the Super Bowl. Let's just be honest. That was the that invented to that team. That was the helmet catch, right? Yes, that's the helmet catch. David Tyree's helmet catch. Yep, another great part of that underdog story. They yeah. won, you know, the last game of the season to get into the playoffs. That whole entire run is just magical. Absolutely. That is a great start to our underdog picks. Anthony, you're going next. Give us your number one underdog of all time. If it is isn't obvious, it's the 2019 St. Louis Blues. Tell us about that team, Wax Poetic, because you'll be to talking be... about it forever. And yeah, I will literally, I'll, it'll be on my tombstone. Um, to be 15, 18, and four on January 3rd and be the last place team in the league, and then to then go 30, 10, and five and end up winning the cup. I mean, they were the, the first of the, the major four North American leagues to win the title after being in last overall in standings after a quarter or more throughout the season. I mean, that, that team just, they grinded. I mean, you know, they fired their coach, um, you know, 12, two and one in February, 11 game winning streak tied the franchise record. I think they actually beat it. Um, Pat Maroon's double overtime goal in game seven against Dallas. I mean, it's one of those, like you'll always remember where you were when that happened. I mean, hometown hero, Pat Maroon. Ryan, have you ever heard Brett hold at the championship parade from, Yes, on that year. Fortunately, I have. 
and they are the champions. <laughs> glory, Gloria! 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 I think I got your number! Gloria! <laughs> I think he's still drunk. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't think anyone has seen him since. Yeah, we, <laughs> we discussed this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he has not been seen. His face is on milk cartons around St. Louis. Yeah, 1.35 million fans of that Stanley Cup parade, and I was one of them. I woke up at 4 a.m. to head downtown with a canopy and a cooler full of beer to, to post up on the parade route. And you still weren't as drunk as Brett Hull was. <laughs> I still was not. Uh, Colton Pareko did shotgun a beer that I handed him though, so that was pretty cool. Really? I did yeah, not know that part. He's also it. like nine foot seven. Ah. <laughs> not exaggerating. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a great underdog story. That's one of the first ones that came to mind for me. Um, so I'm glad that somebody on our show got to actually experience it. Uh yeah, that was uh that was so cool. I had a buddy in town, my good buddy Justin in town from Arizona. Four game, uh, game seven, when we won. So to to be able to experience that with him was was awesome. Are you you weren't at game seven. You just watched. No, it. okay. No, game seven was in Boston. in Boston. I was at the watch party downtown for game six, which itself was awesome. Ultimately, obviously, we did not win, but just to to be down there in that environment and a city that, you know, I I, I don't want to say a city deserves it because it's my my hometown, but. After all the drama between the the Rams and everything, it was a very uh, exciting thing for the city. Absolutely. Shout out uh, mine and Eric's friend, James Cassidy. I was watching that game with him, uh, that series with him, while we were uh, finishing up our degrees at college. And uh, he was devastated because he's a big Bruins guy. So They've won enough. He'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be fine. (laughs) Brian, you're up. Give us your number one underdog. So are we going to remove all sports credibility from this podcast and just simply say the obvious number one forever and for always is the 1980 Olympic hockey team? Or are you going to make me use one of my three choices on this? Um, we can say that that is the overall number one for all of sports. You don't have to use that as one of your sports, but we do have to discuss it. Fair. Uh, okay. I just, like I said, I for me, like even that included – I am going with Leicester City in the Premier League in 2015-2016. They were legitimately 5,000 to 1 odds to win the Premier League, and they did it just by not ever losing. They didn't win a lot, but they never lost either. So uh, they won the Premier League, and now they've been able to hover around the top four ever since. That brought that club back, and everything was is history for that. But 5,000 to 1 odds, it was insane, will never, ever be done again. Yeah, I mean, that team was freaking ridiculous. They, I mean, James Vardy was on that team. Mares, um, Jamie, Jamie Vardy, excuse me. Uh, Mares was on that team. Casper Schmeichel, right? He was in goal at that point. Yeah, and like, Conte. They were really strong up the spine. The middle yeah. was really strong. Yeah, and, and Conte was on that team, wasn't he? They got lucky that the one year all four, it was like a perfect storm of all four big English teams were bad at one time. Uh, the potentially left out Tottenham, fifth one there. Yeah, because let me look. look They're at, not in that category. I'm yeah. Sorry. They're just not. It's fine, Eric. Don't ever expect to be asked to be on the show again. 
So it's okay. I'll just talk sports to myself. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. So, all right. So my number one that I have on my list, this is painful to say considering who they beat in the Stanley Cup final yeah, that year. So Eric's point, they won the league with 81 points. I mean, right now there's still games left on the season and Man City has 88 or 89 and – Liverpool have 86 and there's still games left. Like second place was Arsenal with 71. Like that tells you how bad that league was that year. Arsenal was in second. Yeah. And I'm an Arsenal fan. I thought you were an Orlando City fan. <laughs> um all right. So yeah. Different leagues. My number one that I'm going with, uh, you know, considering who they beat in 2014 in the Stanley Cup final. The 2012 to 2014 LA Kings, just that whole gap of, of time. 2012, they were the first eight seed ever to win the Stanley Cup. 13, they got beat by the eventual Stanley Cup champion Blackhawks. And then in 14, they came back from down 3 nothing in a series, only the third NHL team to ever do that when they beat the Sharks in round one. They also that season had the most elimination games played with seven by a team to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I hate that team forever because they, the only shot I've ever seen the Rangers have in a Stanley Cup final, they beat them. So, but you can't deny that it was a huge underdog story. Uh, Eric, we're going back to you. That's Tough choice. Moment. Still got some good ones. Still, Matt didn't pick up on uh, Lesser City. That was a bad one. Um, is that is one of the all timers. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, 04 Red Sox coming back from 3 nothing, and then breaking the the curse. I don't think I have to go much more in-depth in that one. That one's pretty great. Uh, no, go in-depth. I can't remember who they beat in the World Series that year. Uh, <laughs> they beat Eric's New York Yankees. No, they beat the Cardinals. No, they, didn't. they came back from 3 nothing against they, the Yankees. That's, that's the what ALCS. I meant. They beat, yes. In that series, they beat the Yankees. Haven't you ever seen Fever Pitch? They made a movie about it. Ugh. No, probably not. You know, I don't see movies unless they're Marvel or yeah, but it's like Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, dude. It feels right up your alley. <laughs> okay. What? It's a what little before about, our time. I think. That's what about that movie and those two people tell you that's right up my alley? It just really feels like a movie Ryan would have seen. Well, you already suggested a show to me last week, and I'm addicted. So now, if I have to watch this movie, no, you don't have to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely you do not have to watch this movie but yes to Eric's point like if you want to watch like I don't everybody was rooting for the Red Sox like, except for maybe Eric back in 2004 but like if you want to watch it on Disney plus or on ESPN plus you can get to the 30 for 30s and four days in October with is a Bill Simmons one it's a really fun just a way to relive relive all that um, because it all started with a steal in the bottom of the eighth like just super really interesting stuff. It's that's it's stuff like that is why I love the game of baseball. So Eric is absolutely correct on this one. Okay, Anthony, you're up with your next underdog pick. It's okay. We went on to win in 2006, so that's fine. Um, my next one is going to be super original 2011 St. Louis Cardinals. So we <laughs> ten and a half games back in August, and then end up clinching. Now, granted, sorry, Jim, we did have to rely on the complete, complete just tank of the Atlanta Braves to make the playoffs on the last game of the season. Um, 
but that you know NLDS series against the Phillies when you had Roy Halladay versus uh, Chris Carpenter in Game Five just battling it out. I think it was a one nothing score. Um, Twenty three and nine over the last thirty two games. Just uh, Game Six. I mean, it's the opening clip of this the show. So they were literally down to their last strike, and then and then Freeze hit that one in what the bottom of the eleventh, twelfth. Yeah, he hit the game tying triple. Correct. And then he ended up hitting the walk off home run, which the only reason he hit that triple was because Nelson Cruz was playing shallow because he didn't want to miss any of the celebrations if they won. And then Freeze hit it over his head up to the wall. Probably any other right fielder catches that too, besides Cruz, just because even then he was slow footed. Yeah. Yeah. Dude can mash, but. Can mash. Well, and playing center field for that Rangers team is somebody else that's an honorable mention for this underdog game and just in general, and that's Josh Hamilton. And that was the year Josh Hamilton hit, what, like 36 home runs in the home run derby or something, like something stupid. I think he had 20 one round. Yeah, in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, Yankee Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, I remember that was actually a... 2008, I think, actually. That was was a achievement in MLB The Show where you had to hit, I think you had to uh, hit at least 36 home runs in one round. But yeah, it didn't Josh, matter who you were, but um, all right, Brian, who is your next underdog story? Uh, I'm actually gonna go a two for here, and I'm gonna do the 2007 college football season. Uh, week one was when we got Appalachian State beating Michigan. They were 33 33 point underdog. They were a Division one double A. We'd never seen anything like that before. Michigan was a top 10 team at the time. I think they were fifth overall in the nation. They ended up that season going like eight and five. They clearly weren't as good as people thought they were going to be. Uh, but that was that was a really cool one, which involved blocking a field goal as time expired uh, to seal the win. But then later that same season, Stanford on a Thursday night beat USC at the time, which was Pete Carroll. I can't remember who the USC quarterback was that year. That would have been Barkley. No, it's not that old. Anyway, regardless, Stanford was a 41-point underdog that year. Um, there was some really incredible uh, things that year, but I'm just going to go with the 2007 underdog college football season. Okay. I mean, it sounds like there were some great games in there. Um, I, I'm not a college football guy, so. I can't not wait for college football. That was on my list. That was I've been fighting back and forth between the two I picked and Appalachian State this whole time, but I left that Eric, one on the board. Eric's my dude. <laughs> All right. My number two, I'm also going with college sports, but I'm going with the St. Peter's Peacocks in 2022. <laughs> uh, you got to let me fly! We talked about them uh, in week two or three of the show. Uh, they were a 15 seed that made it all the way to the Elite Eight. I mean, that's just unheard of. And then basically their season, their, their team fell apart. They lost their coach after the season. It's it's a remarkable Cinderella story. Good for them. They made March Madness really exciting this past year. And uh, as as the you know uh, audio said, Peacocks, you got to let them fly. Uh, and, uh, Eric, you're back on the clock for your last pick. Yeah, I'm just going to say one thing on the Peacock. Sometimes we have a tendency to overreact in the moment, but the Peacocks is totally not overreacting. I know that's super recent, but like they were the first team to make the Elite Eight as a 15 seed. Like, absolutely incredible run by them. 
Uh, I will take the uh, Super Bowl three. I'm going to get take the Jets beating the Colts. Uh, change football probably forever because at that point uh, the AFL and NFL were playing kind of against each other to determine the champion. And uh, if the Jets probably don't beat them, who the heck knows where we are right now? And uh, Joe Namath is still living off that game still to this day. Uh, oh, so many years ago, they won 16 to seven. Super low scoring. That's how the games were back then. Uh, those. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. I think they were. They were like eighteen point dogs, right? Yes, it was yeah. something crazy like that. Yeah, they were. They were not supposed to be in that game at all. He guarantees them to win, and as we know, and, they win the game. And, and he tried to kiss Susie Colbert on camera <laughs> many years later, and it was super awkward. What uh? What year did that game take place? I believe it's nineteen sixty-eight. I did not. Put that in okay. my notes. Super Bowl okay. I probably should have. Super Bowl three would have been. Steve. Yeah, sixty eight. That's right. That should be right. Let's see if I could find that really quick. Um, but in the no, it was nineteen sixty nine. Nice. One year off. Nice. I knew. I knew it was sixty nine, <laughs> and I was just trying to goad it out, and uh, couldn't get there. Such a liar. No, I seriously did. Like, I knew it was for whatever reason. I knew that. And just like that whole Predators came around in 95, 96, 97 kind of deal. Oh, my fucking <laughs> God. Chill out. Um, uh, Anthony, you're up the last one. I'm sorry. All right. Last one. Holly Holm versus Ron It's absolutely tough. Um, <laughs> and then ultimately, Ronda then went against Amanda Nunes. And got just trounced again, and then ended up in the WWE. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked recently. I watched a WWE um, event, and like she came out, and I was like, wait, wait, "Wait, what did I miss? Like, what happened in that span from the Holly Holm fight until now that she left uh, UFC to go to WWE?" Like, I just yeah. Like, after she lost to Nunes, she she went to wrestling, and then she left and i know she had a baby and i guess now she's right. back and yeah she was know. in the expendable somewhere in there too yeah she was in the third one she was in one of the fast and furiouses too she was like a, a bodyguard or something i think she went she fought against letty nick letty from the st louis blues uh yeah post concussion him getting his head driven into the boards <laughs> uh all right brian you are up with your last underdog story. <sighs> Can I give an outside OLI, outside looking in? Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Um, I'm going to go with Rulon Gardner, 2001 or 2000 to 1 odds in the 2000 Greco Roman wrestling in the Olympics. And he came back, or not came back. He'd never done better in a world championship than fifth, and he won gold. At the 2000 Olympics in Athens, or no, in Sydney, Athens, Sydney, Sydney. Okay, I literally have no idea any of the words you said other than Olympics in Sydney. So, <laughs> Sydney's <laughs> not a girl's really, name. <laughs> no, I know it's a, it's the 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 place with the big opera house in uh, Australia. Something else is from Australia, Ryan. Hey oh. Mom, Ryan. 
I was like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Jackie Legs? Are we, t- are we talking about Thor? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, which one of my other personalities is from Australia at this point? Um, so my last underdog is uh, the career and player of Marty San Luis. I mean, the guy was a undrafted college free agent standing at five foot nine from Vermont. Uh, he had no offers. He had to play in the ECHL. Flames made him an offer. He goes there, plays for a season and a half, and then gets his contract bought out. Five three Panthers. Four minutes left. Gets his contract bought out by the Flames, and then he goes to the Florida Panthers' rival, the Tampa Bay Lightning, where his career really started. Uh, he Stanley Cup winner with the, the Lightning in 04, gold medal winner in 2014 with Team Canada, captain of the Lightning, uh, over a thousand points in over 1,100 games played. Just all-time great player, hockey Hall of Famer, now coach for the Montreal Canadiens. Marty San Louis is the ultimate underdog story, you know from anyone ever brian you're not martin st louis i've got another one what's what's your marty st louis is the coach of the canadians (laughs) i didn't know (laughs) so it's it's so funny the canadians were so bad this year that they fired their coach last year and then they went to the stanley cup final with their head coach dom ducharme and then they were so bad this year that after giving him an extension, they fired him and replaced him with a guy who was coaching peewee hockey in Marty San Louis. He was coaching his kids' peewee hockey team, and now he's coaching the Montreal Canadiens. It's it's hilarious. It's an underdog's rise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but he 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 really turned that team around. I mean, they still finished last, but he got a lot out of Cole Caulfield, who looked like he might have been a bust. Uh, and they played significantly more passionate hockey at the end of the season. So that's my third pick is Marty San Louis. Fascinating. I'm teaching Brian a lot tonight. That's incredible. You didn't teach me when the Predators came into the league, just for the record. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So. Love the Halo theme song. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying. I'm trying not to like repeatedly. Here, I'm giving learn. you. A, I'm giving you a TV timeout. A pause here to collect your thoughts. Uh, one I feel like we missed was the Jim Valvano NC State team that beat Clyde Drexler and Akeem. Nice. They should have not been in that game at all. Two Hall of Famers against a bunch of. I don't want to call them scrubs, but. 1983, right? 1983. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> Anthony, you seem to be no, writing right. something down over there. Are you working on something? Do you have something or we're we just going to? Well, I've got something. But oh, yeah, you want, you want to play the show on turf. Kurt Warner's Rams mm-hmm. to or 1999 when they when Tennessee ended the game at the one yard line. Mm, Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Mm. Who? Who? Yeah, exactly. Who? Mike Jones. No. Um, not Corvath. Um, all right, Anthony. He's been holding his pen this whole time. I think he has an ad for us. Anthony, please tell us what kind of nonsense you have in store for us today. I don't know what his pen has to do with anything. These things get emailed to him. Look, I just read what is sent to me. All right, listen, we've been talking about underdogs, but what if you're over cats? Let's be honest, cats suck. Yeah. Ryan after he's ripped open a can of chicken of the sea with his teeth. 
If you're tired of cats, call Josh. Doesn't matter where you live. Everyone that works for over cats is named Josh. We come to your house and patrol your neighborhood for 74 hours and humanely dispose of all cats that come within seven inches of your residence. Dogs are elite, and it's about time they reign supreme. Visit overcats.gov and mention Agents of Field to receive a free photo album to put all the photos of the disposed cats from your neighborhood in. That's overcats.gov. Check them out. This was uh, this was Anthony for the Agents of Field podcast for the foreseeable future. <laughs> cats are overrated. That's absolutely incorrect. It's a shame Eric, we didn't do Eric. Where do you stand in the cat dog fight? Not the Nickelodeon TV show, Cats versus Dogs. Oh no, he's frozen again. He's frozen again. <laughs> oh he's no. like, I don't. He's like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I can't do it. <laughs> How come we didn't talk comeback stories so we could have talked about Kim Kardashian? <laughs> this is. Thanks, this is it. I don't know if I'll ever put this headset on again. <laughs> Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Uh, market it. I'm just in shock. I'm just market it. Eric, are you back? If he is, he sits very still. <laughs> he doesn't sit still. Uh, a movie. Oh, he moved. <laughs> Eric. Yeah, I'm back. You son of a bitch. Back from the death. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs is uh, dogs a pick. Yeah. It's fine. It's not even necessarily cats or dogs. Like, are cats... Okay, as Ron Swanser puts it, I mean, (laughs) any dog under 50 pounds is basically a cat, and cats are useless. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, I'm not sure I would go as far as cats are useless. I think. Oh come on, Eric! Mm-hmm. No, uh, the way I'm that not going it, that far. The way that it was put today is: dogs are pets, cats are roommates, and I would rather have a roommate, a companion, a buddy. Why? Why? It's never happy to see you. Ever. Yes, it is. No one. You, you're just not dealing with the right cats and companion in the same sentence. Cats are not companions. Yeah, they absolutely yes. are. You're you're just they not, absolutely are not. Call you your are cat not right dealing call with your cat the right cat. Yeah, call your cat. See if it comes. She's cat already cat. here. Call your cat up to your lap. She's not gonna. She doesn't sit on my lap, but she'll sit here with me and like hang out. See if your cat will sit on her face. Ben, <laughs> see, you have your cat on a leash. Yeah, I have my cat on a leash. Her over. She's my companion. She's my buddy. Come here, Finn. <laughs> My cat came to oh, me quicker it. than your dog did. You had to go get your dog. I sat here and got my cat. I had to open my door. Oh, she that sounds is. like a personal problem. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the Bruce Banner's Bluey bandwagon. I know it's crazy. Either it's all a joke or none of it is. Best of both worlds. Oh God! Listen to your mom. Eric, we're starting with you again. Give us the bandwagons you are jumping on and off this week. Yeah, the last time I came on, uh, I believe there were seven and five at the time. I said, uh, "Hop on the Yankees bandwagon." That's looking fantastic right now. Might might I say? Uh, I'm gonna give a quick stat. Clay Holmes is ERA plus. The average for that is 100. It's currently 602. Is his ERA plus? So he's currently like breaking a stack and a metric currently. 
but my uh, real Bruce Banner bandwagon of the week is uh, individual soccer leagues. Uh, as FIFA announced, they are no longer, well, FIFA the video game, EA Sports announced that FIFA no longer has the rights. So um, it's now going to be called EA FC or something like that. Yeah, and now FC, all the yeah. leagues get to individually uh, negotiate their contracts. So it's good for the leagues because, you know, they're going to rob the living crap out of uh, EA Sports. So good for the leagues. They don't have to go through FIFA anymore. Yeah, but then EA is going to continue to make crappy quality and blame it on the teams robbing them. Probably. Probably. I said good for the leagues. I didn't say good for the game. I did not say good for the game. <laughs> yeah, but... All right, who, what bandwagon are you jumping off? Uh, bandwagon, I'm jumping off. I'm looking pretty decent with my Rays one that I came on here last week about. They got no hit on Tuesday. Uh, they have two wins against teams over 500 in the season so far. Um, but the, the bandwagon, I'm hopping off. Uh, just baseball and MLB in general. I'm worried about you guys. The juice balls, the not juice balls. What do we have? Is there a new ball every game? Uh, the outstanding crazy numbers of people not doing Little League anymore. I think they've dropped off 50%. The average age is like 65 in the sport right now. Uh, and they keep moving more and more things to streaming, which is pissing off their only fans that they do have. Uh, it just It's just a mess right now. Baseball and the MLB need to figure out their, their, their act, we'll call it. Okay. Anthony, give us your bandwagons. All right, um, a bandwagon I am jumping on is going to be the Blockbuster series coming out on Netflix, which is just Salt in the Wound with uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Melissa Fumero and the MCU's own Randall Park. It's going to be a 10-episode, I guess, just mini-series about the last Blockbuster. Jim's so. not Asian. <laughs> Pam comes over and kisses him. Dwight, what? What is going on? Um, I think I've already said it before, but I can't remember. I'm off the Avatar bandwagon. You did, <laughs> yeah. Okay, then I'm doing it again. I'm still off of it. Last time even... it was just the Avatar sequel. Now we have a title for it: Avatar: The Way of Water. Oh, so uh, Titanic with blue people? Cool. All right. Yeah, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see. You know what? Let's make it another Kevin Costner movie. I don't need to see Waterworld with blue people. Waterworld. Underrated. Underrated. It has a stunt show at Universal Hollywood in California, and it's the greatest stunt show I've ever seen in my life. Better than Indiana Jones? Therefore, I love the movie. Oh, yeah, way better. Seems Mm. dangerous. Sus, as the kids say. Brian, I'm very afraid to go to you. Give us your bandwagons. Oh, I'll leave it to you. Um, I'm not going to do it so you could do it if you'd like. Why are you afraid to go to me? No, I am on the bandwagon of Epcot at Walt Disney World. It's back, baby, with Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. That roller coaster is amazing. I've ridden it and it's an absolute blast. As far as the roller coaster goes, what would you compare it to that I could look up to see if I'm going to be too scared to ride it? Um, Which the answer is yes, I'm going to be too scared to ride it. It's kind of a mix of... No, don't be too scared to ride it. No, I am. Uh, It's kind of a mix of the Harry Potter Gringotts roller coaster at at, uh, Universal Studios. Um, mixed with Space Mountain, mixed with... I'm out. Nope. 
cried like a cried like a baby at Space Mountain. I think I was also like eight. Yeah. Yeah, I and think you should try it again as an adult. It's super smooth, dude. Yeah, like, the Disney ones care. aren't as bad as you think. Space, Space, Space Mountain is not it. smooth, but Cosmic Rewind is super, super smooth. It's incredible. I am on that bad wa- that bandwagon all day long. I have to take Jack's advice and not ride it because I'm a baby. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna have to swap out, you know, you and me, Brian, to to watch the baby when we do that because Anthony's not gonna go on. No, I'm not. Let's go on with you. I'm not. It's, it can be how I finally ride with my wife. You can watch the baby. And uh, my wife can go on the ride with me. It'll be good. Uh, Brian, what bandwagon are you jumping off? I want to jump off of a bridge because the Colorado Rockies suck so bad at baseball. Uh, I said a wagon, not a bridge. So that's not really going to work for me. What if the wagon's on a bridge? I was never on the Rockies bandwagon, so I suppose that that's fair. Bandwagon I am jumping off of is going to be... Doc Rivers being the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. It's all she wrote. He's going to go coach the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. I like that one. I am jumping on the bandwagon of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, freak. I should have jumped off that bandwagon. I hate that movie. That movie (laughs) is so freaking good. We will not be talking spoilers. If you have not seen it, please go see it. And it's then a very divisive. Monday on Nerd Life Network, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, talking all about it. And then, if you actually like the movie, turn into Comics and Cinema to listen to Ryan talk about it for three hours. Yes, uh, this movie was very divisive. It's one of the first movies that really was divisive in the MCU. Um, but I really love it. I urge you to go see it. It is a trippy movie. It's a horror movie. Anthony didn't particularly care for the movie, but he loved the horror, campy aspect of it. Um, so go see this movie. It's a really good movie. And uh, let us know. Tune into the show as to where we reviewed it. It's not good. It is. <laughs> um, the bandwagon I am jumping off is the officiating in the NHL playoffs. Oh, Holy crap. What officiating? Yeah, exactly. It's garbage. There is no calls for the teams unless your name is Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. That's the only team that seems to be getting calls. And I'm not just saying that as a bitter Rangers fan. Like other teams have literally other fans of teams have pointed it out. But you've been getting outplayed. Like you deserve it. Absolutely. We have been getting outplayed, but it doesn't help that we're not getting calls. And in game two, they scored or they scored three or maybe it was game three. They scored three power play goals from call phantom calls. I, I'm so sick of the NHL officiating. Like, there's one, there's legitimately one to four good referees in the NHL. West My issue with it is if, okay, so if you're not going to call it, don't call it for both sides. I mean, because exactly. honestly, in the, in the Blues Wild Series, it's been the same way. I mean, there's been boarding that has been called against us and for us. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, but... You know, just go on Twitter and debate with those people because everybody's rational on Twitter when it comes to debating <laughs> sports. Um, but I've yeah, I mean, one. I've got another one. Sorry, what? Nothing. Finish, please. Sorry, I got too excited. I'm just gonna say, if either make it a call for both sides. If if you want to make cheap calls, make cheap calls for both sides. Exactly. If you want to make no calls, make no calls for both sides. And I'm not even complaining in the aspect. I mean, we're leading. Uh, three to two in the series, so it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, like Ryan. 
saying that we're only losing because of the refs, but um, I'm not saying we're only losing because of the refs. I'm saying that that is a contributing factor. Is that this series has been called in favor of Sidney Crosby and the Penguins? Well, that's why I had the Crosby. question two weeks ago: Is the Stanley Cup the hardest thing to win? Yes. I mean, the amount of I don't want to say the amount of control the referees have. I mean, it's the same way with a home plate umpire in baseball. If Angel Hernandez is at the plate, you're getting screwed over. Yeah. Um, Brian, you had something? I'm jumping off the Florida Panthers bandwagon. I know they're up 3-2 now. They are 0 for 16 on power play opportunities. There's no way you can win a Stan Cup if you cannot with score a, With a top nope. six like that and a top four deep pairing or top four defenseman, like how are you not at least have one goal? You have the player who finished second in the league to Connor McDavid in points on your team. And John, you, you'd no. think at some point you would fall into one. Yeah, like Over literally sixteen exactly. through like three like a, three two. But like you're telling me they can't get a power play goal that hits off the goalie, hits off the post, hits off a defenseman, and then hits off one of their like noses and goes in. <laughs> one of their noses. They're panicking, man. Like I am off the Florida Panthers bandwagon. All the more reason I'm just going to go sixteen and zero and win a Stanley Cup. It's going to be great. You're really like uh, it's I, one thing to say that you're good, but to claim sixteen and zero, you know I'm not serious about the sixteen and zero, and I'm talking more crap because that'll make it that much more fun when we don't win. What that'll, is the what's the the all time record as far as going through the playoffs? Do we know sixteen and five? I believe five sounds right. I is think that that might have been Tampa. Honestly, was it the same as Blues in two thousand nineteen? No, it was not. <laughs> We had too many um, game seven series, so I know that. Exactly. Is there anything more stressful than playoffs when your team's in it? I haven't felt stressed like this in four years because the Rangers haven't been in the playoffs <laughs> in four years. You guys have been stressed? God, I really uh, – honestly, I want the <laughs> Blues to win so badly tomorrow night, and then I want them to absolutely kick the living shit out of the avalanche and I want Anthony to literally rub it in your face. The 1988 the Edmonton Oilers went 16 and two. That's Jesus. The 2012 LA Kings went 16 and four. Wow. That was when they were the eight seed. Yeah. 16 and two is insane. <clears throat> well, yeah, that was the prime Edmonton Oilers before they were cursed. Was there somebody named Gretzky on that team? Yeah, I think I think it's Brent Gretzky, his brother, who scored one <laughs> NHL point. I think I can't decide if Eric is not interested or frozen again. Not nah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna pitch in, but I just was like, I'm gonna let this one roll. I'm just gonna let them, let them go <laughs> off on a tangent. Listen, so, if you give up in two games, it's hard to win a series like that. So I'll say. Okay. Um, I think that's going to wrap up our show. We're pushing an hour 40 here. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything you need to plug? Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, you are absolutely welcome. Brian looks to be defeated about something, so we're going to go to him last. Anthony, you know, thanks for joining us. What do you got to plug? Uh, Overcats.gov. That's about it. <laughs> Sheeptire.com. Um, happy trails, inflated pets. Yeah, happy trails. Inflated pets is totally real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, what do you need to plug? 
I, I feel bad for Eric. Eric, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming. We hope you had fun. Uh, no I had a great time. Coming soon to the Nerd Life Network, the Bluey podcast of some sort. <laughs> uh, um, and Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Strange Sunday Review uh, is up and available. All six episodes of Moon Knight up and available. Um, still determining uh, what is coming this coming Monday on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Babu's freaking podcast's return is very, very soon with two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi dropping in two weeks from now. Yeah. So, um, you know, Brian said it you know we have other shows on this network go check out comics and cinema with alex klein yesterday an episode dropped i recorded with him on dr strange and the multiverse of madness it was a lengthy review in-depth great episode lots of great comics and cinema information on there uh and then thursday nights are the nerdy girls after dark uh maya sarah jalen and kara every thursday coming at you with a episode for the nerdy girls so uh just want to mention follow us on social uh for instagram it's agents of field podcast and on twitter it is podcast aof follow the nerd subscribe to the nerd life network and uh you know thank you so much for listening and we will see you at the ballpark and they are the champions Glory, glory, Gloria, Gloria, I think I got your number, Gloria. <laughs> <laughs>